Hey guys, we got Chad Graff from The Athletic on tonight to talk everything Vikings head coaching search. So grab your drink and join us for Vikings Happy Hour. Let's get this going. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Vikings Happy Hour. I am beyond thrilled tonight to have Chad Graff here live when everything is just hitting the fan for the Minnesota Vikings. Everybody thought Jim Harbaugh was the one. Uh, Tweets were going out all day, maybe thinking that it was all but a done deal. And here we go, about an hour before the show, um, Jim Harbaugh is going back to Michigan. And it sounds like, from everything we're hearing, Kevin O'Connell is the guy to lead the charge, though that can't technically be announced until after the Super Bowl. So, Chad, I'm just going to defer to you. You are plugged in. You are as busy as anybody here in the Minnesota market right now. What happened in the last 24 hours? Well, let me start by saying I was really looking forward to cracking a few beers with you guys, uh, telling some stories, relaxing, maybe maybe talking about Harbaugh. And instead, I got my Nalgene of water right here uh, as my night has taken a different <laughs> turn. Uh, so after this, um, I'll have to head off. I think my editor is already pinging me and saying, where's the story? What are we doing? So uh, I probably won't be able to spend the full hour with you guys like I wanted and, and have a few beers. But nonetheless, um, I guess there's basically two parts of this that we can and should get to. Um, one being the Jim Harbaugh part of things and one being the Kevin O'Connell part of things. So I think we probably start with Harbaugh. Um, everybody, you know, kind of assumed that Jim Harbaugh deciding to come here for an in-person interview on National Signing Day, even if National Signing Day doesn't mean what it used to, that meant he's probably got some assurances. Um, he's he's probably going to say yes if he gets an offer. Um, as it turns out, as we've kind of learned in the last hour, the Vikings made very clear to Jim Harbaugh, uh, we want you to come here, we want you to interview, but this is a serious formal interview. There is absolutely nothing guaranteed of you, promised to you, um, you're going to be treated like the other three candidates were. Um, So they bring him in, and from the sounds of it, things – I'll have more in a story tomorrow, I guess, on this. But from the sounds of it, things start pretty well. Harbaugh's in very early this morning. Uh, I have not confirmed whether he's wearing khakis or not. That feels like an important detail. But he's in. (laughs) Things are going well. Um, But – the Vikings brass all wants to be on the same page. The search committee, Andrew Miller, the Wilfs, um, Kwesi Adolfo Menso, everybody wants to be on the same page. They've preached uh, collaboration and, uh, you know, having everybody on the same page. So if they're not all on the same page, they're not going to do this. And some members of the search committee had some serious, hard questions that they wanted to get to with Harbaugh um, about how his time with the 49ers ended, about why he wants to get to the NFL, about why his former owner in San Francisco uh, does not have pleasant things to say about him. So they ask him all of these hard questions um, and decide shortly after that that they're not going to make an offer to Jim Harbaugh. Um, At least it was not going to come on Wednesday. Uh, So this was very much as of Wednesday afternoon, the Vikings saying, Jim, thank you for coming. We appreciate you stopping by. Um, But it's time to go back to the airport now and we'll be in touch. Um, I think Jim probably sees that as the writing on the wall and says, you don't send Jim Harbaugh back without an offer unless he's not getting an offer. He probably sees the writing on the wall, calls up Michigan and says, uh, Guys, I'm so excited to be back. Let's let's do this thing. Thanks for having me. Uh, I can only imagine how awkward that situation is, but winning heals all wounds. And if he beats Ohio State again, uh, I know nobody in Ann Arbor will care. Um, so that is that's kind of the Jim Harbaugh side of things, and at least how I know it and understand it at this point at 8:07 now. That's crazy. I mean. So, um... So that news came out, and, and Chad, you you tweeted out about an hour ago um, about how um, Harbaugh remains so unpredictable, and uh, the Vikings worried the last forty eight hours, uh, and then he expressed a lot of interest in becoming the coach, and then you said he changed his mind. So you kind of touched on that, um, you know, in that last that last bit. But 
can you elaborate a little bit more on like how you've actually think this played out? Do you think there was like legitimate interest on both sides or do you think this was Harbaugh leveraging Michigan for maybe a little bit more money control, whatever that, whatever, whatever it could be? Yeah. So a few things, one, Jim Harbaugh was definitely 100% interested. Um, and I think if the Vikings had said at noon today, here's a five year deal with eight or nine million a year, I think he would have said yes. He was definitely interested. I think the reason he's not the Vikings coach stems more from the Vikings' thinking than Jim Harbaugh's thinking. Um, I'm trying to remember everything you got to because I had a few points I wanted to get to with him. But he came here – I think he came here thinking, yeah, they're saying that this is uh, a true interview, but – when I get there, I'm Jim Harbaugh. He's got all the confidence in the world. I'm going to woo them and get this job. I think he 100% thought that. Um, I talked to a bunch of people who either I, – I you know, am one of the people who spent all day today basically preparing to cover Jim Harbaugh, get to know Jim Harbaugh, learn what it's like. Um, I fully thought Jim Harbaugh was going to be the next coach. I kind of thought like Harbaugh did. Like, yes, the Vikings are insisting this is a real interview, but – when a guy with the winning percentage that he has gets in the room, he's probably going to win people over. Um, it doesn't sound like that happened quite as much as he probably hoped. Um, but the other part of this that I think is worth noting is every single person I talked to about Jim Harbaugh had the same word to describe him, which was unpredictable. Uh, you think that you get to know him, you think you're on his good side, and he flips. Like Even the way that he changed offensive coordinators two or three years ago um, – I'm blanking. Oh, Pep Hamilton. Uh, Pep Hamilton, you know, I, I mainly asked because I saw a bunch of people connecting it that if Harbaugh's the head coach, does that mean Hamilton's coming to Minnesota? So I wanted to get to know about Hamilton. Everybody said, no, uh, Hamilton was not pleased with the way it exits. That Harbaugh basically doesn't say uh, you're fired. He just goes and finds somebody to replace you. And, and so that's basically what he did with Hamilton. Brings in the next offensive coordinator kind of under the table. Oh, by the way, Here's this new guy. He's going to be calling plays. Um, good luck getting along with him. So Harbaugh's extremely unpredictable. Um, and even if this had gone well today and the Vikings, you know, liked everything, there was still the chance that Harbaugh completely just threw a curveball and changed everything. And that's just part of who he is. And, and I guess right, last right. thing on that, I think – that is one of the things that concerned the Vikings and one of the hard questions that they brought up with him, and I don't know if they got a good answer, was everybody keeps saying it's going to be hard for us to trust you, uh, that you're so unpredictable that you get along with the GM one week and then you can't stand him the next, and same thing with coordinators. And, um, and so I think that played a factor too. Yeah, absolutely. And I that was one of the concerns that I had, obviously, going into this. You know, you don't want to – you, you read all these things and then you hear positives, you hear negatives, you know, do the positives outweigh the negatives? I don't know. Obviously he's a winner and that's great. But, you know, if you're going to have this bad, you know, juju inside the building, you know, that's never going to be a great thing. Right. So uh, on a more positive note now, obviously there's a lot of negativity in the comments right now about Kevin O'Connell, but can you maybe try to pick up their spirits a little bit? What about Kevin O'Connell? won this team over and uh, what can we expect from him co going forward? Yeah. So a few reasons why I think Vikings fans can and should be excited about Kevin O'Connell. Um, let's start with, I think one of the biggest obvious negatives that people latch onto is that he's not the guy who calls plays for the Rams. Sean McVay is, um, but Sean McVay's coaching tree has yielded a lot of success in a limited amount of time. Heck the guy that, Sean McVay is going to be coaching against in the Super Bowl um, was not only not an offensive coordinator, he was like the quarterback slash passing game coordinator. I forget what his exact title was, but he was below the offensive coordinator um, with the Rams. And now he's got the Bengals in the Super Bowl. So I think that's a positive. Um, I think another positive for O'Connell is just watch the Rams this year and specifically watch Cooper cup. They have done so many things like yes, He's a very good receiver and does a lot of very good things, but they have done so much in their scheme to make life easy for him, to set him up, to, um, you know, 
allow for plays where he gets yards after the catch. And I think if you want to be excited, watch the Super Bowl and watch Cooper Cup and imagine that being Justin Jefferson. I'm not saying that they're exactly comparable or they'll be used in the exact same way. You know, Cooper probably will run block a little bit more than they want Jefferson to. Um, but you can be excited about what Justin Jefferson can, should, and will do in this offense. Um, and then specifically about the offense, I think the other thing to be excited about is this is, you know, for an offense that I think has been a little bit stuck in the past, I guess I'll say for a few years and, you know, with a head coach demanding that they run the ball X amount of times a game, the Rams led the league in 11 personnel usage. Uh, you would fully expect that that would transfer over to the Vikings as well. They finally feel like they have a good number three wide receiver, which is huge for this offense with KJ Osborne emerging. Um, so I think there's a lot to be excited about with um, Kevin O'Connell bringing over kind of this Sean McVay offense. And I guess the last part of it to get to is when the Vikings fired Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, I kind of thought this is probably the last we've seen of Kirk Cousins in purple. Um, a new regime coming in. Uh, it wouldn't shock me if they made a move. Kevin O'Connell's offense, though, can be very good with Kirk Cousins. He has previously worked with Kirk Cousins. It brings out a lot of what Kirk Cousins does best. So I kind of think that's flipped now. And now I would be surprised if Kirk Cousins is not the week one quarterback for the Vikings. Well, that was going to be my question oh my for you, gosh. Chad, because that that's obviously the biggest the biggest situation that coming next after the after they hired uh, a GM and a head coach obviously O'Connell's not official the next the next writing on the wall was what 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 do they do with Kirk Cousins do you think now that they've gone the direction of going young with both Quasi Odafemensa and and Kevin O'Connell that and, and then you also look at the the rest of the roster how top heavy and how um, cap strapped they are do you still like to that point do you still see that being the case that because Kirk Cousins is obviously the, the the biggest elephant in the room. Like, and to your point, like maybe he fits well in this offense. But how do you plan twenty twenty two as like a anything other than a transition year? I guess it would be my my question to you. And that's my biggest question to the Wilfs is these moves to me set you up to um, be better in twenty twenty three. And if that means twenty twenty two doesn't produce eight, nine, ten wins, a wild card berth, whatever, so be it. Um, but the Wilfs have maintained throughout all of this that, that they don't want to take a step back. I think bringing in Harbaugh underscored that. Um, one of the things that the people um, who were on board with Harbaugh from the start within the organization pointed to was, you don't want to rebuild. This is the guy to keep us from rebuilding. He's going to win. It's followed him everywhere. Um, so I think with cousins, a lot of it is going to depend on, um, what he's willing to do with an extension. I, I would think that Quasi Adolfo Mensa would go to Mike McCarthy, his agent, um, around the scouting combine and say, Hey, if we do a two year extension with you, you know, wh what are you looking for? And throughout cousins, career regardless of the team, one thing that he has been adamant about is I'm going to get my money while I can. Um, and, and I think, you know, hats off to him for that. Players have a limited amount of time. He has an ability to make generational money and life-changing money. Um, so because of that, I would be surprised if he's willing to give any sort of discount just because he never has in the past. Um, but if he is, then I could see you extending him. Like if, if he's going to, it doesn't have to be a huge discount. He, he just can't be playing on a $45 million cap hit. So if he will lower that at all, then I think that's probably a route you take and have him be, you know, maybe you have some dead money in three years from now. And if you decide to cut him then or trade him, then it's fine. But um, I think the Vikings, one of the things with, uh, Mark Wilf that I was kind of thinking about a lot with Jim Harbaugh is a quote he said a couple of years ago, um, which was that he thinks the best way to a Super Bowl is not to completely rebuild. It's not to have a two win season and get the number two or three pick in the draft and then pick a quarterback and build from there, which I think is how a lot of people view how you get really good. He views it as 
let's win nine, 10 games, be that good every year, keep getting to the playoffs. If it's the wild card round, so be it. And one of these years we'll get hot. And if we keep knocking on the door, uh, it'll open us open up for us. And so that's the way he thinks. And because of that, and because O'Connell's familiar with Cousins and Cousins does well in this offense, that's why I think Cousins probably will be back at this point. So I have a I have a quick question for you, and it's going to divert kind of off the Kirk Cousins trail here, but it, it kind of revolves around the Vikings head coaching search. So yesterday we heard that the Vikings met with uh, Giants defensive coordinator Patrick Graham for nine hours. Um, and I, I've kind of seen some some rumors out on Twitter that potentially he could be a defensive coordinator now that Harbaugh is out the door and it's Kevin O'Connell coming in. Can you give us any insight as to whether or not yesterday's interview with Patrick Graham could lead to him being a defensive coordinator for us or if that was strictly for a head coaching position and the rest is kind of moot? At this point, I don't think he's considering um, defensive coordinator with the Vikings. I think it was just head coach. Uh, he moved from Miami up to the Northeast because that's where his family is. He has kids. He wants to keep them um, in the Northeast around family. And he also has a previous relationship um, with Brian Dable, the new coach there. So uh, that was kind of my thought, too, because um, with Kevin O'Connell, the Vikings would be able to say here the defense is all yours to do what you want with it um but and that's not to say things couldn't change or the vikings couldn't offer twice the salary that the giants are but um from what i've heard he's probably unless the vikings make some sort of crazy offer he's probably going to stay as the defensive coordinator with the giants fair enough i know your time is limited tonight and so i just want to give brian and miles one more opportunity to ask you a question uh, and then we'll just wrap it up here real quick so you can get uh, – I, I'm excited to read what you're going to write for tonight. So uh, I'll let them ask well, a couple I'm, questions. I'm not looking forward to it. I truly was looking <laughs> forward to having a few drinks with you guys. Uh, so I'll have to make it up to you at some point in the off season where um, we can actually kick Chad, back we'll and I can you make back this on, man. happy hour with you. Uh, Absolutely. I've got my, my editor texting me and what's going on. So um, – so I guess the drinks will be postponed to a future uh, happy hour. I'll bug you. I'll bug you. So Ryan, Miles, uh, hit Chad with one more, and then let's get him out of here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, to, to that point, you know, just stemming off that last question, do you have any idea with Kevin O'Connell, any sort of uh, idea of who he may want to bring in? Obviously, I think the most important thing with that coach is kind of being that leader, being that CEO, and then and then developing your coaching staff underneath you to you know really drive the team forward. That's what McVay has done. That's what Shanahan's done, and so on. Uh, do you have any idea who he's thinking? You know, uh, maybe going forward. I know that he likes a lot of the people that he works um, with in Los Angeles, and, and that's where he's been. I think the one other question, I the big question, obviously, is is defensive coordinator. Because I think most of us presume that um, he'll be calling the offensive plays and be, you know, the de facto offensive coordinator, even though I would expect him to be more involved on both sides of the ball than Mike Zimmer was. Um, if he looks for input, for defensive coordinator, which I think there's a very good chance that he will. Um, I think Ed Donatel is a name to keep in mind. He was the uh, defensive coordinator with the Broncos the last couple of years under Vic Fangio, kind of a, ironically, Fangio understudy and in turn uh, Harbaugh above that, going back to the Niners days. Uh, but he's somebody who Quasi Adolfo Menso is very close with, who is one of the first kind of football guy coaches who, um, you know, welcomed Quasey and, and helped him along as he was, you know, kind of just a low level analytics guy with the 49ers at that point. So if he asked for input, I think that's um, a route that it would not surprise me if, if the Vikings go down. My uh, Ryan, answer, that's my question. That was, uh, yeah, that was the exact question I was going to ask if there's any connection. So I appreciate that, Chad. <laughs> Yeah, well, it, uh, it'll be interesting to follow. I I don't think, you know, because he's in the Super Bowl, we obviously won't hear from him or the deal won't be official official until probably the Monday after the Super Bowl when, you know, it's either a nice way for him to mourn uh, a loss to Joe Burrow or 
an exclamation park, uh, exclamation mark on the best weekend of his life. Um, but either way, it'll be it'll be fun to follow and, and fun to cover and fun to write about. So um, lots to look forward to. But uh, I appreciate you guys having me on and let me chat football with you guys. I appreciate appreciate you for coming on tonight. Uh, I know it's busy and uh, we got a lot of time this off season to to get you back on, or at least I know we're all three in the cities here. So if if you really want to have a beer with us, then we can take you out for a fun time. But uh, I appreciate you hopping on tonight. And uh, have fun Have fun writing about the chaos that always is the Minnesota Vikings. Awesome. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll see you later. Thanks, Chad. Take care. What a wild, wild night, you guys. And for all those those watching and listening, make sure to check out Chad's article tomorrow uh, when he drops that. I'm assuming it's coming out tomorrow. The Athletic. Uh, obviously it does cost money, but they usually run some sort of promo where you get a year for a bucket a month or something like that. I just got off my buck a month and, um, it's so much good content on there from Chad and, you know, Russo and all these guys throughout the Twin Cities for all your Minnesota sports, a reef. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of great content, Vikings, wild Timberwolves. I mean, all that. So check it out. All right. For those, I know Chad could only join us tonight. For, for 20 minutes, but don't leave quite yet. That's what I got to say. Don't leave. Uh, for those that wanted started. to see and didn't yeah. hear about O'Connell uh, being official, Tom Pelissero sent out this earlier. Vikings are zeroing in on Kevin O'Connell. Then he sent out, they've wrapped up the interviews with Harbaugh and informed a fellow finalist, Patrick Graham and Raheem Morris, they are out. O'Connell is the man in Minnesota. That's as official as we're going to get until after the Super Bowl. That's what I was going to say. This is pretty definitive here. So um, let's leave that that fourth spot open here. Um, There may be another guest that joins us tonight. Just going to leave it open-ended as that. But while we wait for that, Miles – what are your takeaways from what Chad kind of told us, uh, starting from the Harbaugh stuff into to the Kirk Cousins stuff? I think the Kirk Cousins stuff is probably what surprised me the most, right? We've kind of heard that the Wilfs wanted to move on. Maybe maybe it's a new time to uh, – or a, a fresh start, I should say. And Chad was here suggesting tonight that maybe Kirk's going to be the week one starter. Like that's – can you can't first off? Can you endure another couple of years of Kirk Cousins as quarterback <laughs> uh, um, on social media and on the field, and plus everything else that comes with it? Yeah, well, I'll start with the Harbaugh stuff. So I uh, was reading Courtney Cronin was was kind of going through her sources on on Twitter just now, and she mentioned it sounds like Harbaugh wanted wanted the royal treatment. He thought he was coming in, and and he thought shit was going to be sweet for him. He thought it was coming in. He was going to be you know, they were going to give him that royal treatment, put the crown on his head and, and, and treat him like he's, you know, better than the world. And so the Vikings told him, no, 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 hold up. You're going to be treated like any anybody else, like any other coach that we have coming in that we've interviewed. You're not getting any special type of treatment no matter who you are. And I actually really like that approach because Boom. the Vikings can have all the kind, all the kind of um, uh, um, interest they wanted in, in, in John Harbaugh or Jim Harbaugh and not have to treat him like he's above everybody else. Like they could have, like, that's my whole thing. Like you can still make him the favorite. You can still hire, you can still sign him to be your head coach, but you don't need to treat him like he's above everybody else. And so I'm very much, you're not entitled to nothing. You're not entitled to nothing. Exactly. Exactly. So I'm, I'm glad I like that they went that approach and it sounds like Harbaugh was a little, you know, (laughs) a little taken aback by it maybe. And, not used to that, but at the same time, I think kind of what I'd been saying for a while, like there was no leverage for Jim Harbaugh with the Vikings. There really wasn't. It was the Vikings or going back to Michigan. So Harbaugh didn't have this, I got you guys by the neck. Like I'm the only option. I'm your best. Like, yes, he was the best option. I won't argue that. But like in terms of like the Vikings having no other options, that just wasn't true. And so um, I couldn't. I could never wrap my head around the fact of, of him being the head coach. It was just kind of. It always felt off to me. Um, nothing. It just didn't add up. Um, but I had started to like come around to it today because it just felt 
it did kind of feel inevitable, but it didn't happen. And so, um, but to the Kirk Cousins point, and the, what, yeah, yeah, go ahead, Ron. If you want, if there's something you want to add on to it, no. Yeah, I mean, yeah, real quick. It. I mean, I'm just, I, I'm just going to agree with you on that. Just like it, nothing felt right about this the whole time. I, I said this last week when the news first dropped. It, it really felt like a leverage play. It's really what it felt like. And again, it, it doesn't sound like that was the case. But it, it really felt like a leverage play this whole time. And until this morning, I didn't really think that this was real. And then, of course, yeah. well, maybe last night, maybe last night. But and then it's like, oh, okay, well, no, he's being flown in. It's it's probably real. Uh, but it really just felt like a leverage play to me. It just didn't seem right. So in my mind, you know, th- there was enough red flags uh, in this whole situation that sure. Was I excited as all of these folks watching, which again, we appreciate you all, uh, for joining in live with us. Um, was I excited as they were? Absolutely. I mean, you have a proven winner who, you know, can get the best out of his quarterbacks and, and can really build these strong teams. But there's enough red flags to make me worry about the toxicity of the culture. And 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 for me, I'm a huge Quasi guy, and I didn't want that for him. I didn't want that to be his first head coach experience as a general manager for him to have to deal with a potentially – uh, hot and cold head coach that you know could. I don't. I, I don't. The part. I, the part I don't want to say there though is, I don't think Quasi gave the Wilfs Harbaugh's name. Like I don't think it was just like uh, him. Him deciding, ba- basically getting forced upon forced upon him. Quasi was not like if Quasi had to be on board for this to work, and so I don't think. Oh, for sure. If yeah. you if you obviously obviously they didn't they didn't sign Jim Harbaugh. He's not going to be that coach, but like. If Quasi wasn't on board at all, like, and maybe he wasn't toward the end, like, we don't know. We don't know how that stuff played out. If he was never on board, though, they were never going to make him the head coach. And so, as he had to be a hundred percent on board for it to even be a consideration. And so, I, I don't want to sit here and say that that like Quasi would have been put himself in a tough position. Maybe it wouldn't have worked out to your point, but it's just hard to say that you know he would have been put himself put himself into a corner, you know. No, and I agree. I guess my my worry, though, again, just it's not even. I know it would have been his decision, or at least partially his decision, was just I was worried that you know he would get the uh, bulky treatment two, three, four years into the into the regime, and then all of a sudden, just like bulky is now looking like you know looking like the you know whatever you want to call it the 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 clown here. That that Quasi would be looking like a clown in four years from now, which clearly, sure, I, sure. again, just me being in his corner because you know he's this young guy who's an up and comer that I'm really excited about. He literally renewed my faith in this franchise just that higher. So yeah, so for me to like have that in the back of my mind just as a worry, even two three years down the line, was just something I was like, eh, I don't have that worry with Kevin O'Connell, Raheem Morris. D'Amico Ryans or whoever. So, but hey, Miles, so, you're so, about to go into the Kirk Cousins stuff. I, I'd love to hear that, or or Matt, of course, obviously I, your perspective. I'm I'm, I'm going to hold Miles on the Kirk Cousins stuff because I just hear about him too much. <laughs> Want to talk about some other <laughs> stuff quick? But um, first, on if they would have hired Harbaugh, that would have been the first hiring of a former head coach, less deploying Bud Grant out of retirement that this team had ever done. So they still have not done that. And Ryan, I had those same worries as you, uh, even though it was reported that Harbaugh was saying, hey, Questy, you got full control. I just want to coach. I was worried that would change in a couple years as well. Now, the deal with Harbaugh is he wins over 70% of his games, and 70% in a 17-game season is 12 games. That makes you competitive. That's the only thing I'm going to miss. Um, but, yes, I was worried too. So two things here. One is a statement. One is a question that I want you guys to a- answer. The first is the statement. So Quasi had – he gets hired as GM, has his presser. It's fucking incredible, right? Uh, pales in comparison to every other uh, GM press conference – that we've heard of, right? Uh, the one thing he said is that he is going to, regardless of what he thinks, he is going to take everybody's input 
and everybody's thought process while making decisions. We heard through this whole process that Quasi wanted Jim Harbaugh. He suggested him in the in the interview process along with Raheem Morris as well as Kevin O'Connell. And therefore, here we are today. Jim Harbaugh comes in for an interview and uh you know, this is this is one of Quasi's guys that he suggested. And um I think I think the important thing to note about this is that he's one for one, as far as I'm concerned, with fulfilling what he stated. He said he was going to take everybody's thoughts and, and inputs into making decisions, and it's evident here with Jim Harbaugh, right? Uh, there was evidently somebody. I don't know who it is right now. Uh, I don't think Chad quite told us tonight. It'll probably come out in due time. But there was somebody. Who, who wasn't comfortable pulling the trigger on Jim Harbaugh. There was somebody, and that information likely got to Quasi within the interview process, and they didn't pull the trigger. They didn't even offer him. They just, they just kind of sent him back out on a flight to Michigan, um, which I find wild in itself. But I just want to say, first and foremost, he is fulfilling what he has stated in his press conference, that he is going to take everybody's input while making decisions for this Minnesota Vikings franchise. And I think that is important as we move forward into the draft, into free agency, into everything else that comes forward, that even though you may think it's the odds on favorite to happen, he's going to consider what you have to say and it may sway him. And I think that's important. Uh, The next thing I want to talk about is obviously we have a new head coach, allegedly, right? Like, this is the most definitive source we have is Tom Pelissero saying that he, they have called off pretty much every other head coaching candidate, although D'Amico Ryan's pulled out. But Raheem Morris, Patrick Graham, uh, they have been told that Kevo, Kevin O'Connell is the guy. Um, what do we think? I mean, offensive-minded, young head coach, inclusive, innovative, uh, the team he plays for or coaches for is in the freaking Super Bowl. Uh, He could come off that high. I know Chad left us on a note that he may be coming from misery as he starts here, but I am hoping for optimism at this point. I, as much as I love Joe Burrow, I want Kevin O'Connell to win a Super Bowl. And now we have a new Super Bowl winning head coach. So Miles, what do you think about Kevin O'Connell? Yeah, I, I did some reading up on him uh, last couple of weeks just because uh, I think what we've talked about, Matt and, and Ryan, is I beside we, we've heard it from Doogie. We've heard it from, uh, you know, Score North in general. But on the side, I mentioned this last night. I'd also heard that Kevin O'Connell was was the leading was the leading candidate before the Jim Harbaugh stuff even um, spiked up. Now, that didn't mean he was going to be the officially officially the guy. Obviously, they kept losing. I think the Vikings might have been hopefully kind of low-key rooting for the rooting against the Rams on Sunday. But, um, you know, I still think this is the best case scenario for them. But um, O'Connell's the kind of guy, you know, reading up on him, it sounds like like the news is out there that uh, McVay blocked him from going and being the OC and um, the, with the Chargers this year when Brandon Staley took that job. I think that says something. Like, it's kind of like a Kevin Stefanski in the way that uh, Mike Zimmer blocked him from going to New York with uh, – um, Pat Shermer when he became the Giants head coach. Uh, I'm not saying Kevin O'Connell is going to be uh, Kevin Stefanski, but like when you start reading up on Kevin O'Connell and the type of coach he is, he it sounds like he's the engine that's keeping a lot of the the um, the scheme and the game planning running. This is the part that I think people miss when it comes to do they call plays or not. The calling the plays is it, it's an important part of the of the equation. But you also got to remember, there's the game planning. There's the the people that are literally putting the the game plans and, and the um, the scheme and the process together throughout the weeks. And it's not the head coach typically; it's their assistants and it's the people that are doing the other jobs behind the scenes. And that's Kevin O'Connell in this case. And so Kevin O'Connell is the one driving that engine every week, putting putting together a game plan. And Sean McVay is the guy calling those those specific plays. And he's not just calling those plays on his own. He's He's consulting with someone like Kevin O'Connell on the sidelines and, and talking to him about what he's seeing, what, what are, what's coming, what, the, all those ideas. So it's not just Sean McVay on his own island where everybody else is just kind of following, following behind. 
these other other coaches are involved and it sounds like Kevin O'Connell is very heavily involved in in that entire process so if Kevin O'Connell can take that you know that structure and that overall philosophy with him to Minnesota and you can start you'll start to see that cohesion and him building his own offense and his image and what he wants it to be and whoever he names his offensive coordinator whether he decides to call plays or not you can start building an infrastructure within the Minnesota Vikings offense that'll be consistent year over year rather than the turnover that we consistently saw under Mike Zimmer, you know, whether Mike Zimmer's fault or not, you know, all that turnover offensive coordinator is not a good thing. And so um, as the off, as the league starts to shift to being an offensive specific league, um, you know, favoring offense, favoring quarterbacks, you're going to see the, the, the Vikings and the Wilfs, the Wilfs and then um, Quasi, they decided to take a page out of that book of what they're seeing being successful now in the young, innovative offensive court coach becoming head, you know, becoming a head coach. And so um, that stability and that, and that leadership style um, it's worked across the league. So the hope is the Vikings can replicate that as well and take it and, and, and run with it on their own. And so um, I'm excited from that standpoint, I think having an offensive minded head coach, they don't, for me, it's all about being the CEO, be a CEO. You don't have to call plays. If you choose to call plays, great. I don't care if my head coach calls plays or not. I want them to be a leader of the football yeah. team, of the whole football team, not just one side of the ball, but the whole team. So um, I'm just excited to see how that, that'll work. And then the last part of it is the collaboration part of it. Kevin O'Connell's the position he's in right now with the Rams and where he's been throughout his career. He's had to be heavily collaborative in who he works with and what he does. He's not the final decision maker. He's not the person doing and making all the decisions. He's the person that has to collaborate with a Sean McVay and, and come up with ideas and just, and, and decisions as a team, as a unit, not just the sole, he's not the sole person. So with within that, I'm excited to see how him and Quasi can build this roster in their image in a collaborative way. So I'm really excited to see how that how that pans out. It might not work, but I'm still excited nonetheless nonetheless. Ryan? Yeah. <clears throat> what do you think? I mean, I to kind of jump on Miles's point here, you know. A lot of people, and I'm seeing it a lot in the chat, and you know they're worried that he doesn't call plays. He doesn't call plays. Again, he doesn't need to call plays. He needs to bring an offensive philosophy that's uh, that's consistent, that's strong, that is effective. And he's been able to do that with the Rams so far this year and over the last couple of years while he's been on that squad. Um, my biggest concern he was my, I think he was my number two candidate going into this whole round with between Graham, him, Morris, and, and Harbaugh. He was number two after Morris. And my only concern with him really is who's the staff he's going to bring behind him, right? I asked Chad Graff that, right? I wanted to hear a little bit more about who is he going to bring with him? Because in my opinion, a coach is only is as good as his assistants. Andy Reid's a great coach and he can call a lot of plays, but Eric Bieniemy sets him up very well to have a great offensive game plan and, and, and scheme set up. So when uh, it comes to game time, Andy Reid can you know call the right plays in, in order to put Patrick Mahomes in a successful position to win, right? Obviously, it helps having a, a all-world quarterback like that. But, you know, it, it, it's very important. And that's one thing that we've missed over the last eight years as Vikings fans is we've had a coach who – Zimmer was a good coach. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and dog on him. He was a very good coach. But what he didn't do is he didn't develop his staff to be able to kind of succeed outside of him, right? You look at some of the coordinators that uh, he had underneath him, George Edwards, kind of a you know nobody, right? Like even now today, he's I, I think if I remember correctly, he was with Dallas last I heard. But like he – he he's not in a high ranking position. Andre, Andre Patterson didn't get considered for any ho- head coaching jobs this year. Obviously, the the, the uh, defense was not that great, so I understand. But like he net like outside of some offensive coordinators that we had who brought us to you know playoff wins, they obviously got hired away. But I don't think that was necessarily because of Zimmer. I mean, Pat Shermer was a head coach prior to Zimmer, and Stefanski had been with us for fourteen years and had. The, the lineage of Brad Childress and, and so on, you know, Brad Childress all the way to Zimmer um, as people who can help lead him. So 
it's very important for me that Kevin O'Connell can come in, bring a coaching staff with him, develop that staff. So if we do lose somebody, if we do lose our defensive coordinator, we have somebody on staff that can fill that void for us. If we lose our OC, we have somebody on staff who can step right in and we can remain consistent. That's really my only concern because I just don't know. I don't know who he's connected to. I don't know who he plans on bringing in. Uh, but outside of that, I'm ecstatic about this hire. I think that you know him bringing in, like Miles was saying, that offensive consistency that we're going to see because he is bringing that framework with him. And if he's on staff, that framework won't change. Sure, the offensive coordinator may bring in some wrinkles and create some opportunities and, and some new ways of thinking about how to run that offense and scheme it the way that you know is effective. But that's all going to stay with Kevin. And that's huge when it comes to creating an, a, a consistent offense, which is most important in this league. Um, so really, that's my thoughts on him. I, I'm excited about the hire. I know there's a lot of negativity in the chat, guys. I, there's some positivity, too. I'm not going to say there isn't. But it seems like a lot of people are upset about just he's young. He didn't call plays. You know, what's he done in this league? You know what? He, he sat under Tom Brady. He was he was Tom Brady's backup for a little while, you know. He probably observed yeah. some of that greatness. He understands what it takes to win a uh, you know a championship. Uh, you know, there, there are some good things that you can pull away from this. I, again, I was a Morris guy. I was a D'Amico Ryan's guy. Those are the two guys I was really excited about. But um, I, I think O'Connell is still a, a knock knock it out of the park higher. Um, I think we all should be optimistic between him and Quasey being able to be you know a, a tandem for the next hopefully you know, near, you know, for the long-term future not just short-term. So. Well, and that, and to that point yeah. too, I think when you look at, when you look at Kevin O'Connell hire, uh, Kevin O'Connell hire, he's on him and Quazy get to be on the same level. You hire a Jim Harbaugh, no matter how they had shit, they would have shaken things out. Jim Harbaugh is going to be up here with Quazy's down here because of the experience. And so now Kevin O'Connell and Quazy can, they can match together and they can have the same success or failure together you know so that kevin o'connell is likely going to have the same type of like contract contract that quasi does in terms of like the the length um and and those things you know he might make more money because head coaches make more money usually than the front office but in general like that even playing field i think is important those guys get to build build up their careers together whereas it's not quasi having to kind of follow behind a, a Jim Harbaugh and that that's not me saying that the, I wouldn't like Jim Harbaugh wouldn't have done well here but when you look at it from right crazy to, and de- getting to develop his career getting to do it with somebody that they can fully collaborate with and literally being on the same equal playing field I think that's that's really important so um, I'm excited to see how that how that happens I think that was all always my my like caveat with Jim Harbaugh, right? Like it wasn't that I was never going to be excited for Jim Harbaugh. Like I, I appreciated him as a head coach everywhere he goes, he wins. Like I would have, I would have been excited. Absolutely. I think my one hold up with him, uh, whether or not you, th- you think it's fair or not is, you know, I, I was just, I was just kind of worried about, uh, for Quasey. And, and and I know that he had an input and that's what I was trying to tell myself a lot is like he he obviously wants this or he wouldn't pursue it, right? Quasey wants this or he wouldn't pursue Jim Harbaugh. But he's a brand new young GM and I just personally speaking, I just didn't want him to hitch his wagon to Jim Harbaugh because a that would when the storylines come out when it's all said and done, I feel like it would lessen his success story potentially. But now when we look at Kevin O'Connell, another young bright mind in the NFL, now they're tied at the hip. Like as much as I want to say, this is Rick and in, in Zim 2.0, just because it's, it's a GM and head coach tied together. I feel like this is brighter, right? We have a young, innovative, uh, offensive minded head coach. And I, I want to get both of your takes on, what that means for people like Irv Smith Jr., Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson in this like offensive line that is all of a sudden fantastic, right? Fantastic's a loose term. I've been drinking whiskey, so just bear with me here. But young and high potential <laughs> offensive line 
uh, <laughs> offensive line that we have. So, um, so that's what makes me excited about Kevin O'Connell, right? Like him and Quasi are in tandem. They're together. They're making decisions together. Whereas I feel like it may have been skewed to a different direction had Jim Harbaugh been head coach. So enough of me talking. I need to fill up a little bit. Uh, well, maybe. Cheers. But Miles. <laughs> Dave, Dave, what hey, do you have to say? Yeah, I heard offensive line. That's it. Perk there you go. I, yeah, um, I know. I know. I know. Who's O'Connell's offensive line coach? That's who I want to know. Well, we didn't yeah, ask Chad. I mean, I we agree. only asked about defense coordinator. Well, I would assume we start to hear. To, I would assume you, we start to hear stuff now soon. Probably with the next. I agree. He can't officially sure. be named as the Vikings head coach until after the Super Bowl. However, no, but we might be hearing little tidbits of he's trying to assemble the staff. Boom, boom, boom. Well, between they, now and then, those conversations and those conversations have definitely happened. And you know, if they have O'Connell linked. The Vikings themselves can start reaching out to assistant coaches and hiring assistant coaches that aren't in the Super Bowl. Like, right. so if we that's where that's where you're probably going to start hearing names is you know any of the assistants that aren't in the Super Bowl. Um, if if you know O'Connell's you know got a connection to him and wants right. to hire them, Coach So and So was yeah. just hired as the new offensive line coach. You know that's yeah. with O'Connell's blessing that he said hire. Right. Yeah, uh, and if you listen before to, I get your takes you here, Ryan. Yeah, go ahead. Let me let me interrupt for for, for five seconds. Um, we got a lot of people watching us right now. Uh, Want to just shout out and appreciate everybody in the comments tonight. If you're not following or subscribed or liked, climb in the pocket uh, on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please go do that right now. We're gonna wrap up our show here. We got probably 10, 15 minutes left, uh, but I, I just want to make sure that that we got all you guys here. Um, tuning in each week, we got a we got a, a, a star-studded cast or of guests uh, for Vikings Happy Hour the rest of the off season. So who and, are and there's they? A bunch of other good shows. Well, we'll get to that to, at the end of the show. But let's let oh, Ryan okay. continue where you were going. No, well, uh, all I was going to really say is that uh, you know we have a lot of great content on honestly uh, regarding climb in the pocket right so we have you know monday's show with mock draft mondays we got tuesday in the huddle usually miles is kind of leading that with jason uh obviously we're here every wednesday uh we got flip flip and eric on on thursday nights but uh one of the one uh one of the podcasts that isn't actually live is we have matt freeze oh and sorry dave dave we got dave there's two we, we got we got we got Dave and uh, on two old bloggers on Saturday on Saturday, well. but uh, there's two podcasts but, that yeah, are so live. Yeah. yeah, so and to go into my point here real quick, so we got one of the podcasts uh, of the two is uh, is Matt Freeze, it's uh, Nick Olson, and then and uh, Greg, the other guy's name, Greg. That's right, and. Um, and just yesterday, uh, or two days ago, whenever it was, uh, they they dropped a podcast talking about offensive line coaches because Matt Freeze loves oh. you know all that kind of stuff. And so uh, a couple names that were mentioned, obviously Mike Munchak was definitely a name that was connected heavily with Jim Harbaugh hire, and he is now potentially a free agent uh, given uh, that Vic Fangio is no longer with the, the Broncos and that's who he brought in. But Aaron Cromer, Cromer I think that's his last name, um, he actually might have ties to Kevin O'Connell because he was the offensive line coach for the Rams, I believe, in 2020. Uh, had a lot of success with the, you know, I hate, you know, we'll all hate to hear this, but the Saints uh, and the Packers. Uh, he's been part of some of their development of both of those offensive lines. And honestly, <laughs> if you take a look at some of those offensive lines, they're some of the best offensive lines that are in the NFL. Oh. So if we if we have some connections to Aaron uh, that we can bring him in, uh, hopefully he can continue to develop O'Neal, Darisaw, Cleveland. Uh, I assume we'll still continue to run some sort of – Zone scheme, whether that's a wide zone or inside zone, I'm sure it will be a combination going forward just because it won't be necessarily exactly how we are running things before. But I think our guys can handle zone schemes power. You know, I think a couple of guys can handle it, but that would uh, likely be the end for Bradbury um, as we know it. And it probably either way will be because he's garbage. Um, 
that's point number one. Point number two I wanted to Gosh. make is we have a we have a consistent uh, listener, Mateo. And Mateo is active in the chat. He's active on Twitter. I, I do enjoy my interactions with Mateo. One of his biggest gripes is the fact that he thinks that anyone who comes from the McBay tree has been gifted great situations, which is not necessarily wrong, right? You like a Zach Taylor. He had a couple struggling years. He actually almost got fired, as as Mateo likes to mention very often, um, before Joe Burrow came along. And then uh, Staley. Obviously, Staley gifted was gifted a Justin Herbert in his uh, arsenal as he joined that team. And then, of course, LaFleur. Those are the three main head coaches that's come off the McVay tree who have seen success, right? We have uh, one in the Super Bowl this year. We have uh, one who's consistently a number one seed or a top seed with the Packers there. Um, and then Staley, who had a great year one, even though they just missed the playoffs. Uh, you can tell that they, there's a winner there. All of these guys have great quarterbacks. So his concern is O'Connell, right? He's coming in. We have Kirk. We don't necessarily – I would say us three, us four, don't necessarily think he's probably the quarterback or an elite quarterback. Um, and then and then if we do decide to move on from him, we don't have anyone in place. You know, We're drafting a rookie. We got Kellen Mond. We bring in a bridge quarterback like uh, Drew Locke or Teddy Bridgewater or something. Where does that leave us, right? Like, do you have concerns as, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw this to Miles because he hasn't talked in a bit. Um, do you have concerns with O'Connell not having... And he's smarter, the, so we should probably throw it to him. <laughs> uh, do, do we have concerns about O'Connell not having that elite quarterback to pair with from the get-go um, and, and what that means long-term for, for his success? Well, I think... Because of where the Vikings are at, the Vikings Vikings aren't in a position to to be, like, successful in 2022. That doesn't mean they can't win, you know, win some games. doesn't mean they can't, you know, be competitive. But the Vikings, the way things stand right now, they're not going to be a highly – they're not going to be a contender. We know that. Like, that's a fact. They're just – they just don't have the setup to do it. Not not without either gutting aging vets – that are expensive or, or trading Kirk cousins. Like it's one or the other, like you have to, you have to make that decision and wherever route they go, they still have to go find other players to replace them. So um, to that point, I think Kevin O'Connell and, and Quasi Adeflamenza should have every opportunity to go find their quarterback. That should be the, the, like go find your quarterback, whether it's this year or next year. If you don't identify a quarterback in this draft that you feel is the, is the guy don't take someone. Don't force that opportunity on yourself. Wait until next year. If you if you need to the Kirk the Kirk Cousins, we won't go down this road. But like that decision is going to come early. That shouldn't. That's not going to drag out. That's a decision that they're going to make early. So it's either trade, extend, or he stay, stands stands pat at his number, and they got got other parts of the roster. Like that decision will be made early. So that's something I hope you know. At least we get you know finality on um one way or another, and then so. For me, my hope is that they get the opportunity to go find their quarterback. If they view it as Kirk Cousins, great. But if they want to go find the, that young quarterback to build around on a rookie deal because Quasio, <laughs> Quasi and, and Kevin O'Connell have seen and the Wilfs have seen across the league, that's kind of been you know, how to create some sustained success, or at least the most common way to do it right now, um, then go do that. But don't force yourselves into one – one way or another, like do what they feel is best for them. And so um, I, I want them to be able to have the leeway to go find their quarterback, you know, no matter what the Wilfs want, I want them to get that leeway to do what they feel is best. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And hey, we got to give Kevin O'Connell the benefit of the doubt. Again, you know, I feel like this Ke- or this Viking sweater um, universe is very split, right? Like we have, you're either a Kirk Cousins lover or hater. Like, there's no in between. You can't just kind of like the guy and but are okay with moving on. It's either you hate him or you love him, right? And you know, I'm seeing again a lot of comments in this chat. Like, they won't trade Kirk Cousins uh, because O'Connell knows Kirk. Nepotism, right? That was that was a message from Jesse and and so on and so forth. I've seen a lot. We don't know. We have no idea what Kevin O'Connell thinks of Kirk Cousins. We know that they he he was a QB coach. 
back in 2017 well, or whatever. Well, they all have some but, some sort of idea, right? Like No, no, but what, we, what I'm saying is that – We don't like, know. Right. That's what I mean. It's like we can connect the dots, sure, but like who knows? Maybe Kevin O'Connell is like, God, this guy's a bum, and I have to, I have to coach him. You don't know that. There, there's plenty of coaches that do not like the players that they coach, right? We have no yeah. idea. We're just creating, you know, you know, we're, we're creating we're scenarios assuming. in our head. Assuming. But, like, that literally means nothing. That literally means nothing. There could definitely be – Kevin O'Connell had no say on who that quarterback was that year. No say, right? So it's like – it's not like he's automatically like, yes, I love Kirk Cousins, of course. Does that make sense? Sure. Would Kirk Cousins be effective in the Rams' offense this year? Absolutely. Would he have gotten them to a Super Bowl? Maybe. I don't know. But so, sure, you can make assumptions, but we have no idea what Kevin O'Connell thinks of Kirk Cousins. So let's pump the more of his cap hit. Well, right, and, and and that's one thing that we all need to consider. And Miles has mentioned this. Matt has mentioned this on Twitter. I've mentioned it on Twitter. Sure, we could all be in love with Kirk Cousins and want him to stick around, but currently he has a $45 million cap hit. Even if he extends and restructures, that basically just gets us over the cap. Like because we're like negative 15 million plus, right? So it's like 12, even it's like 12. Yeah, yeah I, I think over the cap says we're negative 15. I I don't know if over the cap's right or not, but it's it's whatever, right? Whatever the number is. Restructuring Kirk or extending Kirk and, and, and backloading the deal gets us back even-ish, right? Or if it, if it gets us in the positive, it's enough to maybe cover our draft class. So that alone won't do anything for us We because we're losing four starters on defense, right? We don't have viable replacements for them on, a, on, on roster currently, except for maybe Cam Bynum for – for Xavier Woods, maybe, right? Outside of that, we don't have replacements for Barr, Peterson, uh, 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 who am I drawing a blank of? Um, Mackenzie Alexander and, and or Nick Vigil, right? Because it's it's whether we're in the nickel or not, right? So we don't have those replacements currently on roster. So we have to backfill those. So how do you do that? You extend or restructure Hunter. You extend or you either cut or restructure Pierce. Either way, we're either killing our future cap or we are settling this year and saying, okay, we're not going to really compete this year or we'll do the best we can. And then in 2023, that's where we move forward. It's going to be a tough situation regardless, however we move. And I think the team knows that. So do we want to stick around with Kirk for that? Or do we just trade him, start rebuilding the process with a young quarterback? Either way, you're going to have to do it at some point. I think the future of the Minnesota Vikings is as bright as it's ever been, right? Young GM. I agree. Young I head agree. coach. If, I, if I'm giving advice to fans right now, don't worry about the cap situation for two reasons. One, we got Rob Brzezinski, which he should already have his own statue out at U.S. Bank Stadium. Uh, just <laughs> – I don't know if it should be for, quite for, as tall for, for as the stadium. For making us perennial um, wildcard team members or what? Like, hey, why should he get a statue? Hey. Ryan, Dave, we just mute he got us to the wild, he, he got us to the wildcard uh, every year? That's cool. All I'm trying to say is that Rob Brzezinski has done a fantastic job with the cap. There's no, There's a reason he was in on the interviews – for GM, for head coach, etc. Um, but what I'm trying to say to the Vikings fans is, is you should be excited, right? Like people are going to try and tell you to not be excited about this team because oh, Kirk Cousins has a, a big cap hit, or we have some aging defensive people. Dave, I need you to mute Ryan. Um, but I'm here to tell you that that the future is bright. Too young young and up-and-coming guys in the NFL. Um, a lot of flexibility. The cap goes up next year. Um, you, you, you could trade Kirk Cousins if you need to and, and clear a lot of cap space. The draft is full of, of, of good prospects. If you don't do good next year, uh, the 2023 draft class is very good. And so I, th- I think there's a lot to be excited for about this team. 
And I am not going to sit here as host of this show and stand for negativity, Ryan. So well, that's what you're going to bring every week this offseason. How is that being we'll negative? Cut you oh, off. Hey, hey, hey. Speaking we'll of the negativity, like Flip just brought it up. What do you yeah, think yeah. of the Washington Commanders? Hold on. I was not being negative. Oh, don't actually, go there, Ryan. I, I was, asked a question. You've got to answer was, my question. What do you think of answer. the Washington Commanders? It's fine. I don't really care about them. Are they no, going to like be it. called the commies? No. Why not? Of course, that's they? exactly Why what I'm going to call them. I'm not going to call them no Dave, commies. But their uniforms are horrible. No, I have no issue at, with, as, with the Washington uh, sorry. As, Commanders. At, as host of the show, I'm going to cut that conversation off. I don't care about what the Washington football team is doing, which is currently what their name is as of 2 2 uh, I just want final thoughts from Miles and Ryan as we wrap this show up. So, Miles, any final thoughts tonight? First off, thank you for doing a back-to-back show. I know you had In the Huddle last night. You're here tonight with us. Um, any final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, I I think we you touched on it. I, I just want to be excited about something, and I the last few years have been kind of not exciting and, and disappointing. And so um, – but my, my – Hold your expectations in 2022. That's all I ask because they're going to have to do some sort of reset to the cap. They can't continue to go down the path of just restructure and extend money out like they've been doing. They can't keep going down that route. It obviously wasn't working. They can't keep going with the same plan just with different people executing it. So um, my hope is that they go a different route and, and kind of sort of a, a different route and kind of take a reset year in 2022. So, um, But all, I, all in all, I'm excited about the future. Hope, hope to um, excited to see what Kevin O'Connell and, and Quasio Defamensa can can do with this roster and and how they can um, build it for the future. Absolutely, Ryan. Any positive thoughts uh, as we conclude this episode? <laughs> All right, I'm going to start off by saying I was not being negative. I was basically telling people that they shouldn't be negative, thinking Kirk Cousins was sticking around if they were negative about that because of the Kevin O'Connell connection. That's all I was trying to say. And then I was trying to point out the fact that logically it just doesn't make a lot of sense. But honestly, I again, I'm very positive right now. I'm very excited. Again, Quasi was my guy. That's who I wanted. O'Connell was my number two. So I'm happy about that. I wanted Morris. That's all right. Uh, but I think O'Connell's great. I love bringing in an offensive guy. I think we have a lot to be excited about, sure. Just like Miles said, 2022, is it going to be the most exciting year? Probably not. If people want to buy my tickets for games, hit me up on Twitter, Sports Guy Ride, because probably don't want to go to a lot of games in 2022. But, you know, I think the future. Miles. <laughs> I think that I told Miles I'm bringing to him the game next year. But yeah, I, I think the, the future is bright for 2022. Um, I think there's a lot of, or 2023 and beyond. I think there's a lot to be excited about. Uh, 2023, Miles and I are going to Mobile for the Senior Bowl because he invited me and not you. I'm really excited about that as well. <laughs> so, so no, there, and, and, uh, in all honesty, though, Matt, you know, just like you're saying, there's a lot to be positive about. There's a lot to be excited about. I think us, our listeners, you know, both live and on podcasts, appreciate you listening in. I think there's a lot to be excited about. Let's get excited. Let's move forward and let's uh, win some games here in the in the future. Dave, I know you've played a, a, a back seat here tonight. I'll, I'll take us home, but I know you played a back seat tonight. Speaking of the senior ball. CTP's own Tyler Fornis is down there at the Real Forno. Yes. Tra- follow him. He works for NBC The Edge and also USA Today's, whatever it is, The Wire. He is the Vikings beat reporter for them. He is down there scouting with NBC. He is pumping out some great content. Uh, just go and look and find it. He's awesome. He, will, of course, will be back with us uh, as normal. So, expect that. He showed a lot of good clips from different players. Malik Willis is one of them. Uh, I love his buddy Thor Nystrom when they show line play, because I like linemen. But anyways, um, 
It's doing great. The other podcast, beside um, Kindred Spirits, is unbelievable. It's BJ Rydell and his buddy, and they do that. And that podcast, believe it or not, out of all the podcasts, and we rip all these live videos in the podcast, but out of the podcasts, and there's totally podcasts, does the best every week. Those guys are awesome to listen to. They haven't been as active and as current as they used to, but they still come on at least once, twice a month, hopefully once a week. Those guys rock. So make sure you pull up on any of your podcast aggregators when unbelievable posts, you want to listen to it. It is outstanding. And because it's only Wednesday, we have Vikings Hot takes tomorrow with the one, the only, the great Flip Mazzee and um, Eric Thompson of the Daily Norseman asking questions. I saw their preliminary ones. They get all thrown in the garbage because they dealt with Harbaugh. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but they'll be on tomorrow night at 8, same time, live. Six questions, 20 minutes. Ready to go. All right. Dave, mm. I still you still didn't answer my question. What's that? I appreciate you give, giving the synopsis there, but uh I I just I just wanted to quick know your thoughts and then I'd take us home. So so what did you think of tonight? Oh, tonight rocked. Hey, I mean today's whole episode with Harbaugh and everything is as Vikings as Vikings can get. Not our episode. I just want to talk State of the Vikings. That's what this is all yeah, about. Yeah, but right? that's what State I'm saying. Vikings. With Harbaugh coming in, doing the whole whether it be leverage or whether he thinks he's the king um, coming in and demanding that that all played out just typical Vikings when everybody thought he was you know, going to be the guy. I was psyched for it because he's got a 70 plus winning percentage. But since it failed, I have I have no worries. And Queasy I trust, as our friend from the show um, and Daily Norseman, Christopher Gates says, he's going to do it. O'Connell's going to do it. We have a bright, bright future ahead, and we'll be there to cover it with you. Absolutely. And uh, <laughs> Flip, Flip mentioned in the comments, Miles had to go. Miles is a busy guy. Um, with that being said, though, I, I appreciate everybody hopping on tonight. Um, whether it's Chad, Miles, Ryan, Dave, it's it, it's been a it's been a fantastic show. Uh, the Vikings off season is is starting tonight, and it's going to move forward, and it's going to be an exciting ride. So buckle in, folks. Join us here every single Wednesday from here on out, and we with like I mentioned earlier, guests. we have a. We have a lot of guests, and, and I'm going to tell you quick. Next week, we have Tyler Forness. Uh, Dave mentioned him earlier. He's at the Senior Bowl this week talking draft prospects, everything you can think of. He'll be here next week. Followed after that, Will Raggetts of Sports Illustrated, the Vikings beat reporter for Sports Illustrated. He will be here uh, February 16th. Followed by Matthew Caller of Purple Insider and Ben Gessling of the Star Tribune. We're not done by tonight. We have a lot of stuff coming here this offseason, so make sure you subscribe to Climb in the Pocket, like it, share it with your friends and family. And with that being said, come back next week and Skull Vikes. Skull Vikes! Thank you for watching or listening. As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator. Skull, everybody. Skull, everybody.